episode 004 of the Energy Edge podcast. Hey everybody, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from podcastanswerman.com and you are listening to the Energy Edge with my friend Brian. This podcast, my friends, will help you take your life to the next level. I was running every day at a rapid pace and real and not realizing that my energy was slowly dwindling as I was fighting that dreaded clock. But the cost that was happening on the inside of my body that I was completely unaware of was really with my health. Welcome to the Energy Edge Podcast, where we believe if you desire to get the absolute most out of your work and life, then finding your energy edge is a must. The Energy Edge Podcast will help you learn to leverage your everyday major activities into an energy advantage so you can work and live at an optimal level. So let's begin. As you may know, the even-numbered episodes, I interview subject matter experts and other high performers who have struggled and are now succeeding in the area of, of an energy edge. I was interviewed for episode 002, and today I'll be interviewing my co-host, Trevia Sino. I'll be asking Treva what her life was like growing up, what happened during her significant illness, how she got herself out of what seemed like a never-ending battle, and what significance does that have for us today, and so much, much more. So I'm excited to be talking with Trevia Sino. Hey, Treva, how are you today? I asked you first. (laughs) Oh, great. Well, you beat me to the punchline. I was going to ask how you were. I'm great. I'm actually warmer than I was yesterday, and I hate to always talk about weather, but this California girl is used to warm, and yesterday it was minus 25 degrees, so today it's in the teens, so I'm happy. It's a huge warm front, same way in Chicago. I mean, we're, we were negative 16 overnight, and uh, today I think it's positive 16. I mean, we're talking shorts, not necessarily flip-flops, and at least long sleeves due to this, <laughs> this heat front that's come through. That's awesome. So I'm excited to be interviewing you because normally, like last time, I was the interviewee, not the interviewer, and uh, we went through my story. But today, we're actually going to go through your backstory of me interviewing you, and I'm really excited about it because there are so many similarities within our stories, but yet a number of really, really big differences that I hope that we'll really work through and will really provide some encouragement for uh, those who are listening, including myself. So... Right now, Treva, why don't you dive in a little bit and and help us work through your story? Absolutely. You know, I was thinking as you were saying that those of you listening right now, you must be seeking out, uh, you know, how to live a better life or ways you can move forward. Really not even as a business owner, entrepreneur, but really for your everyday life, because I know I am every single day. I'm always looking for ways to make my life, you know, a little easier and more efficient Because time becomes our enemy most of the time, right, Brian? Dramatic pause, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Well, we would like to help you to conquer that monster so that you have the energy to live your life to the potential. And like most of you probably out there, I came out of the womb, I believe, with my hair on fire and have always needed an outlet for my energy. Um, As a matter of fact, I was having a conversation with my mom. I'm visiting her right now. And we were talking about as a child, she would find me climbing the dining room chandelier. And that's at two years old, actually. So I can actually picture that, Treva. And um, just really curious, is that why your hair is always has dry ends because of the hair on fire episode? Is that... No, I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a product of the 90s. I still like to have my hair on fire. Which was a good look for you, by the way. Yeah, thanks. 
Um, but really, you know, as a kid, my mom was always chasing all of my ideas she couldn't keep up with. And I literally would be running from the time I got up in the morning to the time I dropped into bed. Uh, my mom, again, we were talking about this. I, she nicknamed me Pigpen, which sounds horrible, but it was because she put me in this cute little dress and my hair was all, you know, done and, and combed and up in a pigtail, pigtails back then. And then she'd put me down and I would just run. I'd come back and everything would be tattered. And so, yeah, I ran from the time I got up to the time I went to bed. And I think even back then as a toddler, I have always entertained ideas of how to create, you know, my own business or... I was always racing to beat all the boys in the neighborhood. And I love, you know, with little kids, I love it because we have such great imaginations when we're young, don't you think? Absolutely. And, you know, I, I can see that in you looking back of just that entrepreneurial side for you. So I met you in the early to mid-1990s, and I'll refrain from any 90s music or movie references. Okay, just a few. Um, Pulp Fiction, Dumb and Dumber, I like it a lot. Fight Club. I mean, there's so many great, great movies. Um, I digress. So tell us what your life was like during this season for you. Yeah, I um, in the 90s, I went into, with, uh, into full-time ministry with my husband at the time, and for those of you who have done church work, you know, I was teaching, teaching from the pulpit, teaching um, at retreats and classes and, and leading different studies and formatting different curriculum and materials and, of course, attending just about every single thing that was available. So I was there all the time. And if you're not familiar with the ministry world, I mean, it's not a normal nine to five job. I mean, although you work those hours, you also get the added bonus of the off hours because that's when everybody else is available. And that was the case for both you and me during this season of our life. Right. You know, it was it was a really good experience. I think for those of you that are in a nonprofit, in the nonprofit world or in um, church work and, and that kind, it's not other people that are putting pressure on you necessarily. It's your own pressure and uh, you're, it's all encompassing. So it can be a really crazy life if you don't keep boundaries and, and watch out. So that was part of my world. And then I also had a huge obsession with working out and I would train really for whatever race I could get my hands on. And of course it was never really just for fun. I had to win every race that I, you know, set out to do, which was ridiculous at the time. Um, and I always seemed to have a part-time job too, that I was squeezing in, whether it was working for my best friend who was a chiropractor. I mean, I was always, I had something constantly, uh, going on as far as making a little extra money. Um, I, I also had was in the throes in the 90s of raising my boys. I have two boys, and they both happen to be adop adopted, who really have struggled significantly in their lives with school and different relationships. And, and physically and mental, mentally, they had a lot of strains. So with each one of those areas, I took each one of those on with full force. I was always over-the-top involvement. And... Mr. Movie Buff of the 90s, I was just going to give you a little reference to Spanglish. Do you know what that movie is? Yeah, it's a really, really popular German. Um, no, no, French movie, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, right. <laughs> ha ha. Um, yeah, Spanglish, y you know, it's it was a great movie. And it was about, um, Taya Leone was one of the characters in the movie. And she was over the top. 
everything was over the top with her. And so there was one scene in the movie where she's in a race, if those of you guys have seen it, and she's just like walking, walking, walking really fast. And she'd go to pass people and she was, she'd be like saying, passing on your left, passing on your left, passing on your left every time she passed somebody. So it's a joke in my family. Anytime I would ever go over the top, my sister especially would say, are you passing on your left? <laughs> so, and, I, and yeah. I love the reference because it just, it does, although it's comedic relief and, uh, you know, us being movie and culture people, it also shows just that season of your life for you. And, and I saw this crazy season of at least of this middle window here of, of your life firsthand. So share with us some of the costs that you began to experience during this window. Right. I would say, honestly, the first cost was kind of my identity. I was constantly trying to achieve and conquer. So I was running every day at a rapid pace and and not realizing that my energy was slowly dwindling as I was fighting that dreaded clock. Um, But the cost that was happening on the inside of my body that I was completely unaware of was really was my health. Because I think we can all relate who in the world has time to pay attention to such nonsense. We're always running, running, running. So I didn't and I didn't listen to my body. It completely had to listen to me. So I was fit on the outside and I was falling apart on the inside. Which led to your own crash in hitting a wall. So what was that like for you? You know, it was a little bit like you and I obviously have a lot in common and those that listen to your interview, very similar. You know, one day, except how it started for me, it was um, one day after having my gallbladder out and it was because I didn't have a choice. I had to pay attention here because one day I had my gallbladder out and my body literally quit on me. So I went from being an athlete and running 10 miles a day uh, and being a mom and employee and volunteer and wife and I was literally not able to get out of bed. And that lasted pretty much off and on for about five years. It was crazy. So I'd have these periods that I called episodes, and they'd last anywhere from two days to two weeks. And my whole system would shut down. And different than you, I think mine started primarily with blurry vision. My vision would get all um, kind of googly, <laughs> really yeah, weird. It was very scary. And then I had panic and anxiety attacks, which I've never really struggled with in my life. And there was days where I'd have five and six panic attacks a day for no reason, just out of the blue. And my heart rate would go really low where I could barely feel it. And then it would race really high. And I had some funky blood sugar irregularities. And um, my whole digestive system was off. And again, like you, I had kind of almost felt like I had the flu most most days where my muscles were sore and my my joints were really achy and I was completely exhausted. And there were days, Brian, where all I could do was maybe get out of bed and make half of a meal and a load of laundry, I'd do a load of laundry. And by the time I got up to our second story of our house, I would be completely out of breath and I would just have to crawl back into bed and nap for a couple hours. You know, and I actually remember that, Treva, you know, coming into town in Southern California for work and uh, I'd stop by for lunch or just to see you guys. And uh, I remember specifically one time where you were having one of those episodes, you know, in bed for most of the day and just remembering how unbelievably paralyzing that was for you and how difficult and it just was not the person that I remembered, you know, even uh, 10, 12 years earlier. Yeah, and, and and not knowing that you were headed down the same path a few years later, huh? 
Yeah, I, I wish I would have taken heed. <laughs> well, you had to after a while, but but like you, you know, when when I did crash like that, I went to doctor after doctor, and of course, one doctor would recommend me to a, another doctor and a specialist, and all of them were stumped. And I finally found a doctor, an endocrinologist, who diagnosed me with partial adrenal insufficiency. And she basically said, the only thing you're going to be able to do is take steroids off and on for the rest of your life. And I was like, no, I don't think so. And you're really looking to bulk up during that season of your life as well, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. No different steroids. Those are anabolic. I know these were not good, but I actually did have to take them for a year and a half because the doctors were afraid I would be, you know, scooting towards a, a disease called Addison's disease, autoimmune disease. But as you can imagine, this took a huge toll on my marriage and, and both of my kids. But I will say I am a bit stubborn. Really? <laughs> I know that's shocking to you. Oh, I thought I was on mute. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> and even though I had to learn to rest in my circumstances because I had no choice, I was sick, I wasn't going to let this illness, whatever it was, win. So I was, I was on a mission to fix this problem for sure. So what were your next steps and... Um... I mean, how did you find a solution to what you know is now kind of going on in your body? Right. So it wasn't like anybody was holding my hand and saying, you know, do this, this, and this. So it was kind of trial and error. And so for the next five years, I just started to work on my stress because I knew I was very stressed out. And, of course, rest because I didn't have any choice. Um, in nutrition, I changed my diet and started taking certain supplements, although at the time I was just a hit and miss of trying to do different supplements. And I was reading books, taking a few courses online, and I sought out some alternative doctors. And of course, prayer was huge for me because some days I couldn't get out of bed and that's really all I could do. I got some different uh, practitioners and I even went to counseling and I, you know, any method I could try to help me out, I, I, I did. And interestingly, over the course of a few years, I found out that I really loved it. And slowly over time, I began to heal. And here's the unfortunate part, but, you know, I learned a lot through it. I could have prevented this life detour. And like what you talk about, I was living in the exhaustion cycle, right? I was taking the blue pill that we talked about, not the green, because I was, I, all I thought I needed was more time. And I was just putting my head down and getting it done. So interestingly, during this whole time, I found so many of you out there that were suffering suffering in silence, really just like myself. You're flogging your body to keep going until your tank is empty. You're ignoring signs that you're going to crash and, you know, living off coffee and any other kind of stimulant to keep going. So I developed this huge passion to help people like myself because I met so many of you along the way. And you were just telling me, well, this is the way life is. I just have to live like this. And I'm like, absolutely no way. And it's why I do what I do today. So at 47, I went back to school and fulfilled a lifelong dream. I actually had no idea was kind of percolating inside of me. So everything I had experienced in my life through this illness and all my experiences led me to this very hobby that I call my job. Which is so awesome. I mean, the fact that you went through this and all of a sudden realized, man, I really love this. Not the fact that you crashed, but what you were learning about yourself and that you could use it. And then you realize if you could fix me, your lifelong friend and new new co-host here, that you could do this for a living, which I think is pretty cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. We we worked hard. Yeah, it, yeah, for sure. And, and I love a term, Treva, that you use with me often that's called uh, being a personal private detective. So mm-hmm. can you tell us and unpack that a little bit more about what that means? Sure. I call myself a private detective because I like to unlock the secrets of your body. And this is what I mean by this. I like to get to the source of your complaint or your illness and some of your struggles through like a comprehensive and bio-individual plan because everybody's completely different. And I do this through uh, very specific lab testing according to what you need, stress management, um, exercise we talk about a lot, nutrition, of course, and then very specific supplementation. Because I believe from my education and my training and a lot of my experience that the body really wants to heal itself and begins life from day one, for the most part, in what I call this homeostatic state, which means that your body is balanced and disease-free. But because we have stressors that are coming at us every single day, over time, those stressors, which are like internal and external, some of them we can't control, some of them like too little sleep, and some of the ones we can't control like environmental toxins, maybe some food allergies we're not aware of, um, medications we've been taking frequently, uh, various illnesses, and even some genetic tendencies. So then what happens when these stressors kind of work their way in? What, so what goes on in our body? Well, really, after all of those um, stressors are coming at us, there begins an imbalance in our bodies. And so our immune system is constantly chasing that imbalances and then symptoms begin to appear. It might be before you have a diagnosis or you know some serious illness, but you do begin to have symptoms and people don't pay attention to those a lot of times until you do have some diagnoses. So I like to train people to be students of their body and looking to the core reason on a functional, a deeper core level of why they're having these symptoms. And then we work a little bit to help their bodies make some gentle corrections so that your body can actually begin to heal itself. I'm amazed every single day when I talk to somebody who is at that point of being frustrated really with how they feel whether they've totally crashed, but doctors say that they're fine, or for those of you that are just trying to put back some energy into your life or lose a few pounds, because really you can do this. You don't have to go through life taking that blue pill for the rest of your life. You can you can make these changes. And um, it's interesting because I think one key reason why this podcast came to be was through our, our friendship, Brian, because both of us experienced the crash, like you heard from your podcast, 002, and today from myself. Yeah, and I think we both feel incredibly passionate um, overcoming our adrenal crash and then wanting to help people define their energy edge, you know, without having to go through the extremes that we kind of (laughs) foolishly went through in our lives, but now we're trying to turn for good. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you're right. And talking about an adrenal crash, there might be some of you that are, you know, listening that really just want to lose weight and get some of your energy back and you didn't go quite as far as we did. But uh, you want to be like the best you can be at your job and for your family and friends. Um, you know, some of you might not be sleeping very well and you, and you, but you'd like to get back some of that good, those good sleep patterns. But some of you have crashed like we have and you need some serious intervention. So I would stick around for more podcasts to find out how you can get those your energy back. There's lots of different ways. Um, so I know at one point in your life, like myself, you felt great and you're on top of your game and you are definitely filled with energy. So we want to help you get back to that point. So you've gone from living with your hair on fire, which again was a great look for you, 
to crashing and recovering. So how has your mindset changed and what is it now? Mm. Well, after seeking to change my mindset and seeing that I needed to take a whole new inventory on my life and where I was going, a holistic inventory, my whole world began to change because now I begin to see success completely differently. You know, I would have gauged success previously on achieving. Um, obviously, I wanted to win everything and money. And of course, those of you that have kids understand that, you know, if your kids are behaving and they're involved in activities and they're smart and you have them all figured out, essentially, I think I was kind of lost in the future of what was to come and what, you know, what I was going to make of the future. And so now I would say that success is realizing how amazing the process is, you know, really remaining where I'm at and lingering in that presence. Um, taking time for myself and listening to my body is a huge success for me. Finding others to serve, I feel like my motive is completely different than it used to be. Uh, rich relationships and really my passion, of course, is helping others walk back in time to their healthy selves. So I've come out the other side of unhealthy eating and running too hard and not sleeping enough or too much, um, over-exercising, and a key component for me is that critical mindset. So you just said two things that struck me. So one is over-exercising because uh, we obviously talk about fitness and how that helps movement, helps your mm -hmm. energy, but then also a critical mindset. So can you unpack those two a little bit more? Right. And, you know, really those two things I think are the crux of me beginning to heal my body because, you know, sure, Brian, I am not opposed to in my work of people working out hard, you know, for those of you that push your bodies to do extreme sports. But what I am opposed to is when you don't listen to what your body needs. And I did it for a really long time. I was in a crisis mode for way too long, pushing my body to all those extreme levels while inside my body was screaming to stop. And I was not listening. So that's the, the exercise component was one of those things that I, I learned how to rest and do exactly the right amount of exercise for where I was at. And as I got healthier, I was able to add more and more exercise back in, but I needed to listen first and foremost. And then the critical mindset was interesting because that's what set the stage for a battleground for me. And so let me explain that. So for those that were like looking from the inside or from the outside, um, they would have never guessed in a million years what I was battling on the inside because here was the deal. I could fully give grace and acceptance to anyone who was less than perfect. They, they were messy or maybe even made questionable choices or, you know, whatever. They were just plain human, but not to myself. So that's pretty revealing, Treva. So, you know, obviously you were able to be gracious to other people, but not to yourself. No, for sure. I was, I was super hard on myself. I was constantly beating myself up, which led me to be in a constant state of, of trying to like control my environment. So that was very stressful, which ended up leading to anxiety and worry and comparison and even, you know, being perf in that perfectionism state. I, I really was miserable. And when I got good and sick for the years that I mentioned, you know, five, five plus years, actually, I began to live at peace with myself. I gave everything over to God, all that I wanted and all that I was and all that I felt like I had to control. So during that time, I mean, it sounds easy enough, right? But during that time, God and I really went to the mat 
and wrestled some of this stuff out because I wasn't really ready to change or to give this up or to let things go. But in the end, I really began to live because what I ended up doing was I listened to my body, made adjustments, right? I made adjustments to my goals from having to win all the time and not working out to the point of hurting myself, which is what I was doing. You've come a long way, Treva. I have two more questions for you after this break. We believe sleep is foundational to develop an energy edge. It's challenging enough to be productive and creative, especially when you're tired or even exhausted. But what if you had a quick guide to give you a jump start, something to point you in the right direction? That's the exact reason for the sleep guide called Sleep Your Way to the Top, 10 Secrets to Getting Better Sleep. To download your free copy, visit www.energyedgepodcast.com. That was www.energyedgepodcast.com. You can also find the link in the show notes. Now, back to the podcast. We really do hope you check out the sleep resource, 10 Secrets to Getting Better Sleep. This is a great guide with some quick ways to gain an energy edge. And did I mention it's free? So Treva, wrapping things up here, how do you handle controlling everything now? So really, the control of my life didn't matter anymore. And instead of giving up on my dreams, which I think some people think, well, you know, if you sit back in an armchair and, oh, well, that's okay, then forget it. I'm giving up my dreams. Actually, the opposite happened for me. And I began to like who I was. And I really started fulfilling my purpose on this earth. So here you're healthy again. You're running a successful business called Living Tree Health and Wellness. You're working with me on projects. And so you've achieved a sense of eliteness and perfection, right, my friend? (laughs) Yes, I'm definitely perfect now. (laughs) Well, that's one thing I do want to point out. I am not perfect. And for sure, I have not arrived. This is definitely not a once there done thing. You know, people want to take a medication and a pill and then you complete your assignment. So I do fall off the wagon and I definitely have weaknesses and usually mine are um, sugar. That's my big go-to when I've fallen off the wagon. I've witnessed it and it's scary. (laughs) Yes, right back at you. You do too, huh? (laughs) So I'm always making corrections and learning from the last time that I fell down. But I will tell you this, you know, I'm going through a pretty significant uh, stressful period of time in my life this last year, but I still have watched my body slowly change for the better because when I do fall off track, I find that my body's more resilient and learning every single day not to forcing my, not, you know, forcing myself to be something that I'm not. So I'm still changing for the good even when I fall off the wagon. So can you leave us with a closing thought, Treva? Yeah, I would say this is going to be really simple, uh, but not always easy to do. If there's one action step that I could leave with everybody, it would probably be this. Listen to your body. You know, Be honest with yourself and where you're at right now and listen to your body. That's the first step in getting healthy. Well, this concludes episode 004. So a quick preview for our next episode. We'll be discussing the solution to the problem of the exhaustion cycle. And episode 005 is how to live in the energy cycle. Thanks for making it to this point in the podcast. We'll try and do better next time. Go and get your energy edge on.